0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today we're talking about season two, episode nine of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Katarina, which we know is Catherine's real name. Big Catherine episode. I was very excited. I had been teasing a big Catherine episode, and this is that big Catherine episode. Very excited. You know, we had not seen her in... I I think it was just one episode that we haven't seen. And it was just one episode. But oh, did I miss her? So I was very excited. As soon as I saw the title, I knew this was going to be a winner. So as always, I'll read the Vampire Diaries Wiki synopsis of this episode. After learning about the existence of the original vampires, the first existing and most powerful vampires in the world, Elena puts herself in a dangerous position as she searches for the truth about Catherine's past and what her own future may hold. Knowing that Stefan would never agree to her plan, Elena swears Caroline to secrecy. Damon uses a newfound confidant to help him try to discover the real purpose and power of the Moonstone. Jeremy and Bonnie meet Luca, guest star Brighton James, a new student with a surprising family history. I will point out, you know, so we learned a lot about the originals last week and we keep learning more. We got a lot more information this week. It became very clear to me as I was just ruminating on everything in the past week, knowing about the originals knowing about the Moonstone, I was like, oh, Catherine took this from them. That is where this whole thing began, which, of course, I didn't guess because I didn't know the originals existed. And I thought they were witches until uh, a week ago. So I just wanted to throw that out that I did have that theory during the week because we get that confirmed. Yeah. Although no one will believe that you came up with that theory before you saw the episode since we're recording this after you've seen the episode. So it's easy to say you came up with that. I wrote it in my notebook before the episode starts. I promise. Is there a date on that? Yeah, it actually says uh, September 2021. There you have it. The episode opens in Bulgaria in 1490. So this gives us some insight into the timing, because, Stephanie, last episode, you guessed that we were going to go back to like the 1600s to see Catherine. So this is much further back than you thought we were going to go. Yeah, I thought 1600 was like really far back of a guess. And I saw 1490 on the screen and I screamed 1490. So I I was certainly shook. It's hard to stop yourself from thinking in very rigid boxes. But 1490 is where we went. Jumped nice and far back. Which means she was running for a long time before she met Stefan and Damon. Yeah, they are not really part of her origin story whatsoever. Yeah, they are just a bump in the road. They came... 300, nearly 400 years into her life. And she has had such an effect on them for like their entire lives, you know? And she left them and forgot all about them. Yeah, you got to love it. So in 1490, Catherine is giving birth to a baby. And we know the baby's a girl because they refer to it as a girl. And she wants to hold her, but the baby is immediately taken away. Her family says it's better for her, obviously, but she is crying. So this is our confirmation that Catherine had a baby before she turned into a vampire, hence the family line being not over. Yeah, hence them thinking the family line was over with her, but it was certainly not. Where do you think this baby went? Do you think we're going to meet this baby at some point? Do you think this baby's long dead? I wouldn't be shocked if this baby were dead, but I do think we're going to meet this baby some way or another. So where do you think the baby went? I'm going to guess the baby left Bulgaria well because we do know that you know Klaus came and murdered her entire family we don't know if he found this baby but we can assume he didn't because it was two years later so that baby couldn't have had another baby before then so we assume that Klaus couldn't find this baby yeah we can also assume that you know he thought the family line was over so why would he think there was a baby the baby got adopted so it wasn't around this family and this family I'm sure was like bye and in 1490 it's not like there's paper records to follow Yeah, exactly. To adopt a baby. They probably just gave a baby to someone. And also like not for nothing, like it is 1490. Like not every baby is like thriving. So (laughs) hard time to be a baby. The baby could have died within like a week, just being a baby of the time. Or it could have, you know, lived a little longer. And that's a little it's a valuable thing because it's a live baby that has not succumbed to childbirth related death. I'm just saying her family could have probably gotten a a chunk of change for that baby. Sure. And so I think that baby could have ended up in a very well-off family. I also, while I was watching this, and I I don't have any more information on this theory than what I decided to write down uh, in that second. But I I thought to myself, will this baby get spelled somehow? I I don't know if you can spell a baby. Yeah, I can spell a baby. (laughs) (laughs) A-B-A-V-Y. What would a baby be spelled for? Because we've only ever seen objects be spelled, really. Yeah, but who's to say you can't spell a baby? I mean, yeah, who is to say? That's just a possibility. I think the baby will be seen because here, here's one thought. So the baby got adopted. Sure. It could have gotten adopted by a wealthy family. It's unclear if Catherine's family is wealthy, but you know they're all dressed and in a house. So well, they all live in one cottage. They can't be that wealthy. But so the I was going to say the baby could have ended up in poor circumstances, and then it finds out it's adopted. I don't know how that would have come up in that time, because how are you going to know? But you can't prove anything. There's no paperwork. Uh, And then the baby's trying to learn about its life, and then it somehow finds out that it's biological mother is a vampire and then somehow becomes a vampire from there. This would take a lot of information gathering that I don't know that they're capable of. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? So in, let's say, 1506, How do you think a baby is going to know the term biological mother? (laughs) (laughs) Like biology doesn't exist. (laughs) Like, how do you think a baby is going to track down their biological mother in the early 1500s? That is a very good point. So do you think this baby lived a human life, continued the family line and died? Or do you think we're going to meet this baby that this baby at some point became immortal? Okay, so something interesting about that. I did not even consider that this baby just like passed on genes. That wasn't in my mind. Okay. I guess that would make sense that that baby is what has kept this family line going. I mean, that's how Isabel somehow related. That's exactly, I mean, it's not a spoiler to say the way this family line continued is that baby had a baby. I guess that's true. I assumed this baby became a vampire, but th- that uh, there's no reason to really think that. I mean, it, there is a reason to think that it's called the Vampire Diaries. At what age do you think this baby became a vampire? And we have to assume that the baby had to have a baby to continue the family line. Yeah, because everyone else in the Petrova family is dead. Yeah, but it is the 1500s. You know, you get pregnant when you get pregnant. You're not doing any family planning there. Sure, sure. But I'm just saying we know that this baby has to live long enough to have at least one other baby. So I'm saying, do you think that this baby lived a, a human life? Or do you think this baby at some point became some kind of immortal creature? I lean immortal, but I don't know why it would become immortal unless she like, I mean, I guess you can become a vampire, whether you know your family, you have vampires in your family or not. But I feel like why would like, why would this baby seek out becoming a vampire? And the vampires don't know to seek her out unless Catherine was like, go protect my daughter. Why does anyone seek out becoming a vampire? Anyone could. This baby could have. Yeah. But like, where would this baby get the information? It would be a lot of things to figure out that I feel like is coincidences. Whereas if the baby somehow knew that there was a vampire in their bloodline, they'd be a lot more likely to like seek that out somehow. Sure. But again, in, fi- like in the 1500s, a baby doesn't have the ability to learn what their... Uh, like a person doesn't have the ability to learn their bloodline. Well, they, if their parents are like, oh yeah, we got you from that. Like this other girl had a baby and we got you from there. Like if the baby's adoptive parents tell them, like, I don't think the baby's getting a 23 in me. But then do you think the adoptive parents are like, oh, yeah, we got it from that girl, Katarina. She's a vampire now. Or maybe Catherine hunted this baby down and said, hey, I actually gave birth to you. Uh, Do you want to be a vampire with me? Although she wouldn't want to be a vampire with them. But I think she could be like, hey, send a vampire. I want to protect my daughter so she lives forever. But I'm looking out for numero uno. So I'm not going to be like, attached to this baby, but I would like the baby to be protected in some way. Yeah, all the clues we have about Catherine is that she doesn't want to have any emotional ties because it makes her more vulnerable and every other person you're looking out for is more complicated. We know she's only looking out for herself. So why bring a baby into this that she hasn't ever met? Well, we saw her give give birth to this baby and be sad. And then we see, you know, getting ahead of myself at the end of the episode, her looking at her family and crying a little. So I think she still has, like, She knows it's not productive to care about people, but she still has this connection to her family because she knows she'll never get to see them again. So I think there's a chance that when her family died, she thought like, okay, I need to at least somehow think about like maybe protecting this daughter somewhere. Like I need to figure out where this baby is so I can keep an eye on her. Yeah, you know, she kept an eye on Stefan supposedly for a while. Why not keep an eye on your own flesh and blood? I think that's a great point. Thank you. It's hard fun. I know (laughs) (laughs) anyway, let's go to the second scene of the episode. So next up, we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena is knocking at the door and she does not look excited to be there. Yeah, she looks like she's like, why did you call me? I'm literally so stressed about this right now. Yeah. Damon answers the door. But Elena says she's looking for Stefan because he called about something important. And we go in and who's there but our new friend Rose. Elena is a little bit apprehensive to see Rose. Naturally. Elena's like, that's the bitch that kidnapped me. Are you fucking joking? (laughs) But she does sit down and listen to Rose say her piece. And Rose says, look, real quick, I just want to like throw it out there. I only know what I've been able to pick up over the years. And I really don't know what's true and not true. But I do know for sure that Klaus is real. So she leads with a biggie. Do you think Klaus is real? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I I know we're going to meet him at some point. So I know he's real. Whether Every legend that has been told about him is correct will remain to be seen. And so they review that we know that Klaus is one of the originals. Damon says that he's a legend. So we know that Damon's heard of him. We find out later that Stefan's heard of him. He's from the first generation of vampires. And Elena says, oh, like Elijah. And Rose says, compared to Klaus, Elijah is like the Easter bunny. He was a foot soldier. I love saying that like Elijah's like the Easter Bunny compared to Klaus, who's like Santa Claus. Yeah, (laughs) That's what it felt like. I was like, is she making a Santa Claus bit? But it is like he's low totem pole, small potatoes compared to Klaus. Exactly. Which was pretty evident, I would say. Yeah, because you don't send your right hand man out to see like what people are offering you. Yeah. You send a foot soldier out to see if someone actually has any information on Catherine. Exactly. You send the. I don't want to say the muscle because I don't really think that's an accurate term for Elijah, but the, the, the low men. You send someone that if they died, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. You wouldn't lose anything from it. And Stefan says, from what he's heard of Klaus, that Klaus is known to be the oldest of the original vampires. See, and if you had asked me, like, how old I thought Klaus was, I would have been like, I don't know, 1490. So now clearly Klaus is old, old. So when do you think Klaus got turned into a vampire? Okay, my instinct is telling me twelve hundred. But since I feel like that's going to be me still underestimating it, I'm going to say nine hundred. All right. Well, we will find out eventually. There is an episode later this season called Klaus, as you might imagine. (laughs) I mean, he's got to be well, nine hundred. I don't know when the Aztecs lived. He's got to be old enough for an Aztec shaman to curse him which sure. means he had to have made an enemy with an Aztec shaman. So he was probably around for at least a little bit in there. Sure. I don't know when the Aztecs were living. So if it goes back into BC, then I, I'm done. Then I, I wasn't going to guess that. So I yeah. apologize. <laughs> that doesn't, I can't compute that. Yeah. <laughs> and Elena says, so the oldest vampire in the history of time is coming after me. Main character syndrome much. Yeah. She's like, Wow, okay. me? Damn. Rose says yes. Stefan says no. And Damon says, look, if what Rose is saying is true and she's not just saying it so we don't kill her, then maybe. Yeah, he's he's like, well, uh, can't say for sure, but seems like it could be. Yeah, (laughs) but Stefan is like, well, let's look on the bright side. Elijah's dead and no one else even knows that you exist. And Rose says, um, that you know of. Yeah, first of all, that you know of. And second of all, Elijah's not dead. Yeah. So, so. let's not get too comfortable here, Steph. You yeah, know, let's back <laughs> out of there. Let's back out of that stuff. And Stefan says, look, I've never even met anyone who's ever seen Klaus. We actually don't know if he's real. He could just be like a bedtime story. And Rose says, no, he's literally real. And if you're not afraid of Klaus, you're a fucking idiot. When I love these, like, I've never met anyone who's ever met him or seen him. Why do you think he's still fucking alive, Stefan? He's not meeting people, will he know? He's not like networking. He's not interacting with people because he's killing families all over the place. If you're killing families and you're like interacting with a bunch of vampires, guess what? Someone's going to kill you. And Klaus is like, no, won't be yeah, me. If Klaus <laughs> is interacting with someone, he's interacting a stake into their heart. Can you imagine being the second oldest vampire and being like, someone fucking kill Klaus so I can be the oldest? Please, please. Like, Klaus! <laughs> I'm so close to being the star of this. Exactly. Rose's point has been made. Elena's heard it. She's not excited to hear it, but she gets what we're doing. So she sees no reason to stay. So she gets up to leave and they're all like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to school. Okay, I'm late. She's like, I can't sit here talking about vampires all day. I'm going to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. And Stefan says, oh, I'll go with you. And Elena says, that's okay. I know where it is. Vibe. Incredible. She said, no, you won't come with me. Bye. <laughs> yeah. She says, uh, uh-uh, not you today. And Damon's like, oh, well, she's in denial. Obviously. (laughs) Good read, Damon. (laughs) So then we go over to the school where everyone's arriving for their school day. We see Bonnie first, who drops some books. Jeremy laughs at her and then picks them up. (laughs) He came to serve today to school. Yeah, call him ranch because he do be (laughs) dressing. Every episode he gets hotter. I don't know where he's going to go from here because I don't know if he can get hotter. Let me let me do a little breakdown of this fit. I would love for you to. So first of all, you know, the hair looks great. The The face is chiseled. His shoulders keep getting bigger. That, those are not even the stars of this. So he is wearing a T-shirt with like jersey numbers on it. I think it said 88. I actually, I, I don't know for sure what the numbers were. It's just a number. You were distracted by the muscles. But it's a T-shirt and he cut the T-shirt in a V at the top. Uh, that alone, I, I'm into it. People should start cutting shirts like that. And by people, I mean uh, men. <laughs> by people, I mean hot men who look like Jeremy Gilbert. Yeah. And then the t-shirt is French tucked into his jeans. uh, Hello, Queer Eye. And it's French tucked into a belt buckle. And not like a crazy, like, garish belt buckle. It's just a normal square belt buckle on a black leather belt. Looking great. Wearing jeans. And then with a plaid flannel over it. I mean, hello. Bonnie asks Jeremy where Elena is. You should be asking, you want to go have sex? Yeah, but whatever. And Jeremy kind of is like, why are you asking me that? Like, do you not see this fit I just put together? And Jeremy says, oh, she's running late. Hey, BTW, you want to hang out at the grill after school and like shoot some pool? And Bonnie says, why? (laughs) And he says, oh, I don't know. I thought it would be fun. Uh, Never mind. Me and who? (laughs) Yeah. And then she says, you know what? Sure. But it is kind of weird that you're Elena's brother. But yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm bad at pool. Yeah, she says, it's kind of weird that you're Elena's brother. And he's like, uh. And she's like, okay, never mind. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what you want me to say to that. Like, would it help if she's adopted? She's not really. She's more my cousin. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to get technical. (laughs) And then enter Luca. It's our first time meeting him. He's played by a guest actor named Brighton James. I looked at his IMDb. I don't know him from shit. I I believe you. He doesn't look familiar to me. The beard is a choice. He looks like an undercover cop. Yeah, I mean, you see this guy and you're like, yeah, I don't trust whatever you're giving. When he came on screen, you said, hey, werewolf. Well, the name Luca made me think that. I I won't elaborate on why. I know. I just want everyone to know. (laughs) I was hoping you'd let me live that down, but no. Well, I think it's really woke of me to not be racist and assume he was a witch. Okay. <laughs> he was supernatural, so you were, you were kind of right. I knew he was supernatural, and Luca sounded like a werewolf. Okay. I did write down Luca Badbeard Werewolf, <laughs> so it's fair that you mentioned yeah. it. So Luca's like, hey, you guys know where the front office is? Probably the front. Yeah, and he's like, oh, it's just through those double doors there. And then they introduce themselves. He's like, oh, I'm Jeremy. This is Bonnie. And Luca immediately makes eyes at Bonnie. Bonnie makes eyes at Luca all in front of Jeremy. And Jeremy's like, you know what? Funny enough, I'm actually going to the office. Why don't you come with me? Yeah, He's like, I'll actually walk you to the office right now, you fucker. And away from her. Yeah. Bonnie, you can't come. It's a little rude that they're flirting right in front of Jeremy's face. It is rude. So then we go to the woods where Elena and Caroline are walking. So Elena actually didn't go to school. (laughs) And Elena tells Caroline that she told everyone that she wasn't feeling well and stayed home from school. Obviously, that's not true because she's got a huge bag. She's lugging through the woods. And Elena says, hey, Caroline, today, can you keep Stefan occupied? And Caroline says, I'm a bad liar, and I'm even worse at duplicity, which is a reference to when she was spying on Elena for Catherine. (laughs) She was pretty bad at duplicity. She did her best. Elena says, look, you managed with me not that well. It only she only did it for like two days, but it was enough to get quite a bit of information to Catherine to be. fair, Yeah, that's true. So Caroline is like a little worried about it. She's worried that Stefan is going to see right through her, but she agrees because she kind of owes Elena for, you know, spying on her. And Caroline says, why don't you want Stefan to know? And Elena says he would never be okay with me doing this. And then we find out why, because they're heading into the tomb, baby. And she's right. Stefan would never have let her do this. So yeah. she was right to keep this from him. Even the last episode, Stefan was fully going to come down here himself. But whatever. But who am I? <laughs> Men. So Caroline follows her down to the tomb. And Elena's like, look, Catherine is the only one who knows the truth about Klaus. And ergo, she's the only one who could possibly help. And Caroline mentions that, like, yeah, but you're asking for the truth from someone who probably has never even given it. But Elena's like, well, I can't sit back and wait. This is really all I have. So can you like lift the fucking rock door for me? I didn't bring you for like your argument. I brought you to lift a rock door. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Like of all the people Catherine would tell the truth to, Elena is probably the most likely. That's not to say it's likely, but if Stefan or Damon came down, she'd spend the whole time fucking with their head, even if she is hungry. At least Elena, like there's some sort of like kinship there in a way, you know? Yeah. So Elena calls for Catherine and Catherine comes to the entrance of the tomb looking a little worse for wear and her throat is really dry. So she says, hey, Elena. And then she says, bye bye, Caroline. And Caroline's like, (laughs) yeah. And Elena says, I'll be fine from here, whatever. She's like, she's stuck in the tomb. As long as I don't go in the tomb, she can't hurt me, which is true. That's the nice part about the tomb spell. Just, yeah, pretty easy. And Elena's like, hey, I brought you a bunch of stuff. And Catherine's like, oh, you're bribing me. And Elena's like, yeah, I want to learn about Klaus." She says, also, like, look, I brought the Petrova book. Uh, I read it. And it says that the family line ended with you. But obviously that's not true because here I stand before you. And Catherine's like, "Okay, you you brought me a bunch of stuff. Great. (laughs) And Catherine says, like, you think if you bring me a family keepsake that I'll open up? And Elena says, well, I also brought blood. And Catherine is interested in that. And Catherine's like, okay, that that I can work with. So our gals sit down. Elena pours a little tiny cup of blood and pushes it to her smartly with a stick. Catherine says Elena has the Petrova fire. I don't know about that. I disagree, but it is smart of her to give her only a little sip of blood with a stick. Like, no, you can have more blood when you give me some information. Exactly. You can't just give her one water bottle of blood and be like, okay, tell me stuff. She'd be like, no, I already got my blood. Elena offers a little bit more blood to Catherine and Catherine offers the beginnings of a story. She says, it's a long story, Klaus and I. She says, it goes all the way back to England in 1492. I was thrown out of Bulgaria in 1490, as we know from the beginning of the episode, Mm -hmm. because she got disowned by her family for having a baby out of wedlock. So they gave the baby away. She was banished to England and she had to survive. So she became English, meaning she learned how to do an English accent. Yeah, she said, okay, if I'm going to be here, I guess I'll do the accent. She said, in it. <laughs> and I, I became English, didn't it? <laughs> I, I, I turned on the telly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 1492, she turned on the telly. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, she caught the eye of a nobleman whose name was Klaus. And at first, she was interested in him, but then she found out what he was and what he wanted from her. So then she started running. And so, you know. I'm sure this is not the detail I should be getting caught up on. But we're meant to believe that there's an English nobleman named Klaus. I'm conf- what point are you making? Well, why is his name Klaus? He lives in England. Why is his name fucking Andrew if he's from England? That's not an English name. And I don't feel like at this time we were all sharing our names between cultures. First of all, let's take a minute to remember that someone who's alive in 1492 is named Trevor. We can't expect accuracy from our names. Fair point on that. Fair point on that. I'm going to look. Oh, good thing. you, <laughs> Good thing you're not Googling Klaus name origin, because as soon as I Google Klaus, ton of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. That's why I don't Google a damn thing. Yeah, Klaus is German, Dutch, and Scandinavian. Yeah, and he just happens to be a nobleman in England. You know, they didn't let women read, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you think Catherine to know that? I'm not saying he's not a nobleman, but I'm not saying he's not not a nobleman. Anyway, and then we peek into the woods in 1492 where Catherine is running through the woods. She trips, she sits by a tree, and she hears vampires whooshing. And the s- closed captions tell us that vampires are whooshing. And then we see Elijah in an incredible 1492 wig. And he says, Katerina, I know you're here. Like, it's pretty pointless to run because Klaus is going to find you. Then we see Trevor lead the vampires away from where Catherine is. And then he goes and checks in on Catherine. Yeah, he's like, oh, there was some blood over there. She went that way. And then he comes to Catherine. He's like, hey, girly. He says, hey, sis, you got to go east because I can't like keep diverting them. Yeah, like we have to split the path at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I'm tired. I don't want to run anymore. And he says. Well, there's a cottage where you'll be safe. So just go east, find the cottage. I'll come get you there. She says, well, I don't know what else to do. I feel like, wait, which way is east? can yeah, like, you're going to have to give me more information. No, I start running and be like, that's north, dumbass. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I would not have found this cottage. I'll tell you that. You would have been sacrificed. Yeah. So then back in the tomb, Elena says, okay, well, what did Klaus want from you? And Catherine says it's the same thing he wants from you to break the curse. And Elena connects the dots from what she's learned. From her. And she says, oh, by sacrificing the Petrova doppelganger, she says, yeah, he wanted to drain me of my blood. And Elena's like, OK, uh, that didn't happen, clearly. <laughs> so then we go over to the Salvatore house where Rose is crying and Damon is getting a little impatient for answers. And he says, oh, please don't tell me you're crying because of Trevor. Well, what else would she be crying about? So, yeah, she's probably crying just because Trevor's dead. I would say she's crying about like just all the the drama she's been through, but also like she should be happy she was forgiven, although unfortunately she doesn't know this. But that forgiveness is probably gone at this point because, you know, she did let Elijah die. So I think that kind of brought her right back to where she was. But she's not crying about that yet. So, yeah, exactly. So Rose asks if Damon's always been this sensitive. And he says, yeah, well, you see, there's a switch you can turn off. And that's what I did. So I have no emotions. So it's really easy. And she says, uh, yeah, you switch yours off. I'll switch mine. And he says, OK, uh, that a dig. And she says, no, it's an observation because like I'm guessing that being in love with your brother's girlfriend is difficult. No one can give this man a moment of peace. Damon is like, can someone not notice this? He's like, I swear I'm not being that obvious. He's like, I'm just being nice to someone for once. And he's known as being mean to some people that maybe he's like, well, everyone just thinks I'm like, because I'm nice. I'm in love with her. That's why this girl doesn't even fucking know Damon. And she can only <laughs> tell. Exactly. It's so obvious. Poor Damon. He's like, oh, my God. So he denies being in love, but it's pretty half hearted at this point because he's getting it's getting picked up on. Yeah, there's only so much he can do. I mean, it's true and he knows it so if you fight it too much, it's going to become obvious. Yeah. So he decides to change the subject. He says, hey, how do I find Klaus? And Rose says, yeah, that's not how it works. Klaus really more finds you. And he says, OK, well, there must be someone who knows someone because you were able to contact Elijah. And Rose says, look, add another 200 somebody's to that list and you're still not close. I got to Elijah through a very low somebody on the totem pole. And she says his name is Slater. He's in Richmond. And Damon says, awesome. I'll drive. And she says, "Uh, I cannot walk in the sun. And he says, OK, you'll drive in your tricked out SUV. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, OK, sorry, then you can drive like I can walk in the sun. We can work around this. Then we go back over to the school where Caroline approaches Stefan to begin her plan of distracting him. She says, hey, Stefan. Um, And he says, oh, hey, I'm going to go check on Elena because I heard she was home sick and I'm a little worried. And Caroline's like, ha ha ditching school. Ha ha. That doesn't stop him. So she changes tactics. It's a very smart move by Caroline. She says, Oh, I'm sorry. Of course you're worried about Elena. We we can talk later. Yeah. She's like, Oh no, it's not important. Like you go take care of Elena. Like I'll figure it out. Whatever. So smart because you know, Stefan cannot resist being like a people pleasy helping out with everything kind of guy. He can't resist thinking that someone needs his help. And like, To his knowledge, Elena like has the stomach flu. He's less helpful in that situation. Yeah, he bites and he says, okay, what do you want to talk to me about? And she says, well, I might've done something. I kind of told Tyler I'm a vampire. Great distraction. It serves her well. Yeah, it's a good mention because she did do it. So she should probably make up a plan for this. And she does kind of need advice on it. And she certainly can't ask Damon. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I don't think she's currently that worried about it, but she knows it'll be a long conversation with Stefan over like what to worry about, what not to worry about. So no matter how she feels about it, like this will occupy his brain for minimum a few hours. Yeah. Which is kind of all she needs. So then we go back over to the tomb. Elena offers Catherine some more blood and she says, okay, so what does the Petrova bloodline have to do with Klaus? And Catherine says, well, it's tedious, but basically the curse was bound by the sacrifice of Petrova blood and witches are crafty with their spells. The doppelganger was created as a way to undo the spell because, and this is a theme we'll see over the course of all Vampire Diaries shows, nature always creates loopholes for magic because it's unnatural. That's something we'll always come back to when we come to spells. So in this case, the doppelganger was created as a loophole for this spell. So once the doppelganger reappeared, the curse could be broken. So like the witches didn't like make a doppelganger to be like, okay down the line, like if we need to break this curse, it just like happened as part of like nature fighting back. Mm -hmm. Okay, exactly. And so in theory, some sort of there must be some sort of natural way to break into like a tomb. I'm not saying I know what the loophole is, but there's always some way around yeah. magic, which we saw in the first season two of like the crystal got destroyed, but they were still able to get the tomb. Like, yeah, this is the theme is that basically there is always going to be a loophole for magic for nature to take its course because it's unnatural. Nature always finds a way to correct for magic. So that's something we'll see a lot with spells as we go on. Yeah. And so this also makes it pretty clear uh, which I think we kind of have this set, but it's really confirmed now that Catherine is a doppelganger herself. The original Petrova is what who was killed in the curse. Maybe there was another doppelganger along the way, but as far as we know, Catherine is like the first doppelganger. Mm-hmm, that, that's and true. then Elena's the second. Yeah, so we know that Catherine is a doppelganger, but is not the first of the Petrova bloodline. So here's a question. You think we're going to meet the Nina Dobrev, who's the beginning of the Petrova bloodline? Well, I think we'll see her get killed, sacrificed. Just, I mean, we have to assume beginning of the Petrova bloodline, whoever started this, whoever was killed to bind this curse was sacrificed is Nina Dobrev. I mean, that's why the doppelganger looks like her. Yeah, I I mean, so we'll probably see a scene in which she is sacrificed to understand the point of the spell. But I think that's about all we'll get to know about her. (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) Elena guesses like, oh, so you ran before Klaus could kill you. And Catherine says, well, sort of. (laughs) And so then we go back to 1492 where Catherine has found the cottage that she was looking for, but it's daytime. So she's been running all night. Trevor made it sound like the cottage was right down the way. (laughs) I would have been pissed. Well, if the cottage was right down the way, I don't know that he would have sent her there with the original so close by. Sure, I know. Catherine knocks on the door and an old woman answers the door and she's like, oh, I don't invite strangers into my home. We can assume because- vampires. Yeah, someone compelled her to be like, you don't invite strangers into this house. Yeah. And so (laughs) Catherine said, oh, no, Trevor sent me. And then we hear a voice being like, oh, Trevor's always making promises that I don't want to keep. And who else is it? But Rose in a much better wig than she's rocking in modern day. Yeah. Doing classic long hair instead of the Alice Cullen. Rose, after some hesitation because she's loyal to Trevor, lets Catherine in and Rose compels the old woman to bring Catherine some food and water. And Catherine says, oh, my God, hey, you must be Rose. I've heard so much about you. Here's the moonstone I have. I just want to show this to you to prove like this is who I am. I, I am who I say I am. And I would love it if you would help me to freedom. And Rose is just like the only thing she latches on to is the moonstone. She's like, so you stole that from Klaus. And Catherine's like. Well, let's not get caught up in the details here. <laughs> yeah, Catherine says, yeah, I kind of figured it was part of the ritual where I'm meant to be sacrificed, so I took it and I ran. Yeah, so if he doesn't have both, then, you know, that helps a little. <laughs> and Rose says, okay, yeah, well, running doesn't work, and anyone who helps someone escape from Klaus will also end up dead. And Catherine's like, I get that, I do. Like, I understand the risk that I'm making you take. And Rose is like, oh, I'm not going to be taking a risk. At nightfall, I'm going to be bringing you to Klaus and I'm going to beg for mercy. And so she locks Catherine in a room. Now, Rose should have searched this room to make sure there was nothing in there that Catherine could have used to get the upper hand. But Rose was distracted by the drama of it all. Yeah, and Catherine at this point is acting very much like, no, you have to help me. I'm very helpless. It's unclear how accurate that is. Do you think Catherine feels helpless in this situation? I was getting the sense that she was feeling very helpless. I mean, she is helpful enough to try to kill herself but she also see there seems to be some forethought in becoming a vampire as well so i don't know it's hard to read because we're you know we're so conditioned for her to be like this calculated bitch but this is also scary when you're young and a human yeah do you think she was going to this cottage with the plan of getting turned into a vampire or do you think she saw that as an opportunity once she was there See, I think Rose seems to believe the, the first of those, that she came to get turned into a vampire and that it was all this master plan. I think she was like, I just need to get out of here. And then she was like, well, if I try to kill myself, I'll either die and then, you know, whatever. He still doesn't get to break the curse or I'll get turned into a vampire and I can run faster. So I think it was kind of like, mm. Do you think Catherine knew the logistics of transitions? That's a good question. It stands to reason that Trevor could have told her I would think that she did, but it's hard to say for sure because she tried to kill herself and then she got vampire blood and tried to kill herself again. So it didn't really change. It's not clear if the strategy changed when she got vampire blood because the practice is the same. Yeah, but getting a little bit ahead of it. So then we go over to a parking garage where Rose and Damon are arriving in the tricked out SUV to a back entrance again because Rose doesn't have a daylight ring. And Rose is like, this is where Slater is. He's always here. And Damon's like, hey, before we go in, like, just so you know, like if you're setting me up, I'll kill you. And then she fights back and she's like, look, I'm older and stronger than you. And I don't want you on my bad side, Okay, You can trust me. And he's like, "Okay, deal. (laughs) She's like, what would be the point of that? Do I look like I have the energy to get in another fight? I mean, please leave me alone. It's like, first of all, I'm still mourning my best friend, BTW who I've been like running around with for 500 years. Like we were pretty fucking close. Yeah. So then we go into a coffee shop and there's a window out front, but Rose isn't like burning. So Damon's like, huh? And Rose's like, oh, yeah, there's like double paned windows. It stops the UV It's like tempered glass. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And so Slater approaches. He is a classic barista looking fella. And he hugs Rose and he says, hey, why are you here? And. Rose is like, hi, uh, this is. And Slater's like, oh my God, Damon Salvatore turned in 1864 by Catherine Pierce. What's up? And Damon's like, who the fuck are you? And Slater says, oh, I take it what I told you about the tomb was true. So clearly Slater knows a lot about the history of these people. But what he doesn't know is that Trevor's dead. He says, hey, where's Trevor? (laughs) And Rose makes a face that answers that question essentially. (laughs) So then we go back over to the tomb and Elena's like, So I take it Rose never took you to Klaus. And Catherine's like, yeah, no, duh. But it's not because she had a change of heart. Yeah, she's like, well, she still wanted to, but I outsmarted her. (laughs) Yeah. So let me go back to 1492. Rose is coming into Catherine's room with rope. And she's like, all right, it's nightfall. Let's go. Then she notices that Catherine is like breathing kind of heavy and has a big wound in her stomach. And Rose says, hey, where's that wound from? And Catherine says, I uh, got it in the woods. And Rose is like, I would have smelled that. <laughs> I would have smelled an open wound. Yeah. I'm a vampire. Then she finds a knife in Catherine's bed and discovers that Catherine stabbed herself. And Catherine's like, yeah, well, I'd rather die than go to Klaus. So clearly, pretty scary dude. And Rose says, well, if you die, then Trevor dies. And that doesn't work for me. So Rose gives Catherine some of her blood to heal her. But then Rose makes a tragic mistake and leaves the rope on the bed when Trevor comes in. Trevor's coming in to find Catherine and he's like, hey, where's my girlfriend? And Rose is like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, Rose is like, why did you send her here? Do you want us to all get killed? And he's like, she's pretty. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) you basically sentenced us to death. And hopefully when we return her, Klaus will see the honor in it and not kill us. And he says, no. We're not going to return her to Klaus. Klaus is going to use her for the sacrifice. And Rose says, I'm aware. Yeah, she's like, that's why I want to give her back to Klaus. And Trevor says, no, you don't understand. I love her. And Rose says, yeah, Klaus is going to kill you. And then Trevor's like, well, then we'll run until we die. And Rose is not excited by that prospect. But before she has the time to convince him of otherwise, we hear a little thump. And they go to check on Catherine, who hung herself. Yeah, she was like, I'll, I'll die if I must. But we know she has vampire blood in her system. Yeah, which is why I think she was just trying to die. But yeah, but being a vampire helps too. Yeah, I mean, It, it still it makes it so he won't sacrifice her. That doesn't yeah. mean he won't kill her Because he's yeah, pissed. <laughs> exactly. So then we go back over to the tomb. And Elena is kind of shocked to hear that Catherine killed herself. Catherine confirms for us. She's like, well, listen, Klaus needed a human doppelganger. And as a vampire, I was no longer any use to him. So this is something you were unsure of last episode. Yeah. You kept suggesting that maybe they just turned Catherine over. Wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I I guess not. So it must be something to do with they need the human blood or something. Or maybe they just need him to stay dead. Who can say? Well, it's because there's a vampire that also has to be sacrificed. Oh, so it can't be the vampire. Yeah, you can't do double duty. You don't get a twofer. Yeah, I think it <laughs> needs to be human. It needs to be human blood of the doppelganger because a true doppelganger is a human. Okay. Here's what Elena should do. Okay. Get pregnant and just sure. hope for the best that her baby is also a doppelganger. So that they can kill her baby? Yeah. Who's she going to get pregnant by? I was going to say Stefan. I knew you were going to say Stefan, which is why I asked you. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I mean, so she's gonna say, "Hey, Matt, let's have sex, no condom." No, Stefan can compel Matt to do that. Okay, so she has a baby, and hopefully, it's a doppelganger. And then here, Klaus. Do you, so wait, you think Klaus is just gonna wait nine months and then kill a baby? Well, you have to hide for the nine months. Do you think Elena wants her baby dead? Well, how bad does she want to live? I mean, that's the question. That is the question, isn't it? Are, are you going Catherine vibes? I mean, do you, are you caring for only yourself? So your plan would be to get pregnant if you were in this situation? Oh, if I were in this situation, I'd probably be like, no, he, he can kill me. If I were in this situation, I'd be like, turn me into a vampire, I'll run. Yeah, my plan in this situation actually would actually be like, you know what's crazy? I have a twin sister. So does that count as a doppelganger? you <laughs> <laughs> you kidding. me. No, I, I would turn into a vampire and run for a yeah, while. And then I would turn into a vampire soon after you. Yeah. Because, like you said, I'm your twin sister, and then we go run around and have fun, yeah, until we get killed. But we, we could have like 200 years before that happens. Yeah, that's enough for me. Honestly, I'd probably do like 50, 60 years, and then be like, "This is enough life for me. I'm ready to be sacrificed." I guess I would actually. You know what? I would strike a deal with Klaus. I'd be like, "You know what? You've waited like what 500 plus years. Please wait till I'm like 80. That's not a bad idea. I don't know how open he'd be to negotiations, but I do think that's a good idea. Yeah, but this is the thing. If I'm a human doppelganger, I haven't wronged him. No, what you do, you get you get a vampire and you say, look, Klaus, I have vampire blood in my system right now. So you can kill me and I'll turn into a vampire. Or you can wait till I'm 80, I'll happily die and I won't turn into a vampire right now. Yeah. It's 60 more years. Yeah. Just wait in your lifetime. You're what, fucking 3,000 years old or some shit? Like you can wait 60 years. That's like two years to you. Well, yeah. I'll be like, look, just make sure I don't die until I'm 80. If I start turning the corner, if I get like terminal cancer, kill me then. Yeah. That's but otherwise until 80. That's a better plan than getting pregnant. <laughs> that will be my plan. Yeah. Anyway, basically, Catherine says like, look, my plan was to turn into a vampire. So I was no longer of any use to him since he needed a human. And Elena says, yeah, but that really didn't work because you didn't escape you're still running from him and Catherine's like yeah I kind of underestimated how much she would want vengeance she was like yeah I didn't really think he'd hold a grudge this long (laughs) yeah she's like I kind of thought he'd get over it but she says but hey living out of a suitcase is better than dying on a stupid rock as a sacrifice just fair enough and Elena is concerned you can tell that she's like kind of considering like is that true would living out of a suitcase be better than being sacrificed Yeah, because she is, I think, in some ways thinking like, well, I don't really want to die and I am in love with a vampire. So would it be like reasonable for me to become a vampire? Like, I think she's kind of she's entertaining it somewhere in her head. Yeah. And Catherine notices the gears turning and she's like, oh, are you scared? I'm right. Look, if you don't want to die, there's another way out. And Catherine offers Elena her blood. But then the cut heals and the opportunity is gone. Elena. Doesn't choose it then, but obviously is still thinking about it. And Catherine says, well, I made the other choice. So then we go back to 1492 where Catherine does make make that choice. She wakes up in that big gasp way we know means the transition is beginning. And Trevor feels very betrayed by this. He says, hey, I would have helped you live. And Catherine's like, help me run. And that would never have been enough. And Trevor's like, oh, it was enough for me. (laughs) And she's like, oh, well, sorry. And Rose says, hey, Trevor. Obviously she was using you to escape and then she used me to turn her and Klaus is going to see her role in this as betrayal. And Catherine says, yeah, you know what? I am sorry about that. I am. She's like, well, you shouldn't have let me into this cottage. That was your mistake. That, that's yeah. on y'all. And Rose says, well, then I'm sorry about this. And she takes a stake and tries to aim at Catherine, but Catherine's a little quicker gets the old woman in front of her. So Rose stabs the old woman And then Catherine has a little bit of her blood, completes her transition, and says, hey, please understand, like, I just needed to do what I needed to do. And Rose says, like, well, you just signed her a death sentence. And Catherine says, better you die than I, baby. And she runs. Yeah, she's like, "Mm, uh, that's okay with me. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. So then in the tomb, Elena is somehow shocked to learn this. Elena says, you know, they ran for 500 years because of you. Trevor just got killed. And and Catherine's like, I really didn't think he'd last that long. And that's what I was thinking too. I was like, wow, Trevor lasted a long time. That's pretty dope to have lasted that long before you got killed by these supposedly all powerful vampires. And Catherine's like, yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. And again, these people are always shocked. Elena's like, I can't believe that you don't care that you ruined their lives. And she says, um, excuse me. I was looking out for myself. I'm always going to. And you know what? If you were smart, you would do the same thing. And then she opens the Petrova book and starts doing a little light reading. Yeah, she's like, I never said that I was like looking out for other people. I've always been looking out for myself. That's like the one characteristic y'all know me for. Why are you surprised by this? I'm, I'm still here, babe. How yeah. do you think I got here? Do you think I've been running from these evil vampires for 500 years and surviving on luck? She says, I've never claimed to be compassionate. Yeah, she's like, that's really not my brand, but thanks. So then we go over to the grill. Caroline is having a salad and Stefan looks exhausted. Yeah, she is just eating, kind of vibing like, (laughs) and Stefan is sitting there like, oh my God, where has this day gone? She says, I'm so sorry for dragging you here, but you know, if I don't eat, I want to kill people. Tyler has the same thing, by the way. And Stefan's like, okay, what did you tell him? And she says, well, I kept all the questions to a minimum. Hey, are you mad at me? And he says, yeah, you know what? As a matter of fact, Caroline, I am mad. (laughs) He's like, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I am. He's like, you put yourself at risk. If Damon finds out he's going to kill you. And she's like, are you going to tell him? And he's like, no, I'm not going to tell Damon. And she's like, you are always looking out for me. And he (laughs) like basically puts his head in his hand. And he's like, you know, you really don't make it easy. And she's like you know, why are you such a good friend to me? And he says, you know, you remind me of my best friend, Lexi. I got so excited when he said this because, you know, noted Lexi Stan, noted Caroline Stan myself. I was like, oh, those two, I wish they got to meet. Caroline says what Stephanie said when we first met Lexi, which is you have a friend? Yeah, I was like, okay, see, I wasn't crazy to think it was weird that Stefan had a friend. And he says, you know, you say that with a discouraging amount of surprise. <laughs> and Caroline's like, no, it's great. Uh, tell me about Lexi. And then he says, uh, some other time. And he starts to leave. And she's like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, like, what should I do about Tyler? And she's like, I don't want Damon to kill him because there's a full moon coming out. And Tyler is like freaked out. And so Stefan stays sitting there to talk about Tyler again because she's turned the conversation back. Queen hooked him back in. Meanwhile, elsewhere at the grill, Bonnie has arrived to meet Jeremy, but he's not there yet. And on the way in, she runs into Luca with his father, whose name is Jonas, a.k.a. Dr. Martin. They introduce themselves, and Dr. Martin says, hey, you want to join us? And she's like, well, my friend's not here yet, so sure. I'll sit for a second. And she's like, oh, where'd you move from? And they say, oh, Louisiana. And I said, okay, so they're witches then. (laughs) Yeah, good read. (laughs) Luca says, yeah, it's a big change. And she's like, well, it isn't so bad here. And Dr. Martin says, you know, I knew some Bennett's when I did my residency in Massachusetts. Say, do you have family in Salem? Hey, uh, Dr. Martin, why didn't they teach tact in med school? I know. And she clocks immediately what he's asking. But she does say, like, as a matter of fact, I do have family in Salem. He's like, interesting, interesting. But good timing. Jeremy arrives. So she says, OK, bye. Nice to meet you guys. And she touches Luca because we know when she touches people, she can tell things. Obviously, she clocks something, but they walk away. And, you know, I'm sure Luca and his dad are like, okay, well, she clearly was just feeling if you were a witch too. Like, they have to know that's what she's doing. But, you know, they're, they're being awful creepy. They don't seem super trustworthy at this point. Because even though they're like witches, they're like, so even Salem, like, not anything, like, a very vague vibe. Not feeling trustworthy to me yeah the other witches we've met so far have been relatively open with bonnie think of lucy in episode seven yeah think of lucy who was like oh my god a bennett like so great to see you like and yeah she knew she was a witch because the situation but she would have told her like these two are being very cagey about it in a way that i don't trust so then we go back over to the coffee shop in richmond and slater is like hey are you guys like 100 percent sure that elijah's dead and damon says yeah and then Slater's like, man, Trevor was cool. He helped me with my dissertation about sexual deviance in the Baroque period because Slater has been in college since he was turned. He has 18 degrees, three masters and four PhD. Nerd alert. I mean, as someone who is currently getting a PhD, I don't care how immortal I am. I'm not doing more than one. I'm barely doing one. And Damon <laughs> agrees. He's like, uh, what's the point of all that? And then Slater says, Exactly. What is the meaning of eternal life? And, and it's like, OK, we're not having this conversation. And Rose says, OK, so how do you get in touch with Klaus? And Slater says, oh, I use Craigslist. And they're like, OK, don't fuck with us. Like, how do you do it? And he's like, no, I'm literally being serious. And he's like, no, that's my starting point. I respond to a personal ad of someone who knows someone who knows Elijah, who is dead. And that's where my connection ends. But speak of the devil, we go outside to see a guitarist playing. Elijah gives the guitarist $100 and then takes a handful of coins and just watches them talk for now. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Enjoying the music. And the guitarist is like, okay, like, thanks, I guess. And the guitarist is like, oh, I'll stop playing. I'll go home. I would leave. Yeah, I'm done for the day. Even though he did give a $100 bill, the guitarist would be like, hey, dude, this my coins. <laughs> I got to do laundry later. Yeah. I was looking forward to a Snickers from that vending machine at the end yeah. of the shift. And then we go over to the grill again. Bonnie and Jeremy are playing pool. They're flirting. Ha ha ha. Bonnie's bad at pool. Jeremy's kind of poking fun at her. And then Luca comes up and says, I got winner. I got winner. <laughs> like, buddy, insane misread or a read that is just ridiculous. I honest, I think he knew they were on a date. I think this was a choice he was making. But I think also like, you guys were giving off weird vibes and then you're like i got winner i'd be like get the fuck away from me yeah. i don't know who you are and jeremy's kind of like what <laughs> and bonnie says hey where'd your dad go and lucas says i'll see him at home so then we go back and check in with Stefan and caroline and Stefan's like okay i'm gonna leave <laughs> and caroline's like wait don't and he's like, OK, Caroline, you have two seconds to come clean. I know you're good at distracting people. Where is Elena? And she says, well, I can't tell you. And he's like, you can't tell me. Are you kidding? <laughs> he's like, I just sat through you eating multiple salads for you to not tell me where Elena is. <laughs> he says she was kidnapped like two days ago. She could have been killed. And Caroline's like, well, she's not kidnapped now. <laughs> Yeah, Caroline's like, I wouldn't have let her be in danger. Can you calm down? And Stefan says, is she with Damon? (laughs) It's like, okay, Stefan, so you are scared of that as much as you're pretending you're not. Yeah, that reaction is very telling. But Caroline says, ew, no. She's like, okay, well, you're not even close to guessing. Yeah, and Stefan says, like, hey, if you're my friend, you'll tell me. Cheap shot. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't work. Caroline says, hey, I'm your friend, but I'm also Elena's friend. So I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. She's like, look, I promise she's not in danger. But like she told me not to tell you and I'm respecting that. And yeah, not for nothing. It's not that hard to guess if you're Stefan. Yeah. So I think it's kind of moot anyway. Caroline's look like I could tell him, but he's probably going to figure it out once he leaves. So who cares? I think Caroline knew if she didn't tell him that he was going to figure it out. So there's no really point in telling him because then she just betrays Elena. Yeah, because the only places Elena would go that Caroline wouldn't be concerned that she'd be in danger would be like with Bonnie, with Damon, go to see Catherine. Yeah. Like, and, you know, she just got told she's a doppelganger and there's all this shit that's Catherine's fault. It doesn't take a genius. Yeah. Even Stefan was able to get there. So then I go back to the tomb and Elena says to Catherine, hey, how much of what you just told me is true? And Catherine says, look, I have no reason to lie. I have nothing to do down here except sit and read and rot. And Elena says, is the reason you came back to hand me over to Klaus? Catherine says, yeah, I figured maybe I could strike a deal. And Elena's like, oh, so that's also why you got Mason to give you the Moonstone. Fairly logical leap. Yeah. And then Elena says, okay, so what else is needed to break the curse? And Catherine says like, oh, you're getting smarter. And Elena says, well, I'm guessing it's not just me and the stone. Otherwise, there would have been no reason to turn Tyler into a werewolf. Yeah, and Catherine's like, good call, good call. And Catherine gives her a pretty big clue that she says, yeah, it's a complicated spell. There's a lot of people you need to sacrifice. And Elena says, so you need a werewolf. And Catherine's like, yeah, they're pretty hard to come by, as a matter of fact. And Elena says, like, what else do you need? And she says, I need a witch to do the spell. Mine bailed, but Bonnie will do just fine. And I also need a vampire. So it does show that she actually did have a reason for turning Caroline rather than just fun. Yeah, (laughs) because your theory for why she turned Caroline was she wanted a new friend. Yeah, I really had some dumb guesses. But again, you see, there were a couple episodes ago where I said you would have to make a lot of assumptions to connect all these dots, because the answer is that she needs all of them to sacrifice. Yeah, four spell to help the originals who I didn't know existed. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't have, it would have been hard to make these guesses knowing what you knew, but that is why she turned Caroline. Elena also picks up on it. And Catherine says, I guess it could have been anyone, but I kind of liked the poetry of Caroline. It's fair. I mean, it. if she's going to have Bonnie and Elena involved, she might as well bring in Caroline too. It's funny. And Elena says, oh, so you were just going to hand us all over? And Catherine says, have I not made myself clear? It is better you die than I, bitch. Yeah, Catherine's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. She was like, I was going to hand over Mason, but, you know, you guys killed him. So So now I'm handing over your friend Tyler. Which, it's so funny that it's, like, the three of them who are very close and then Tyler. Like, imagine, you know, I don't anticipate this happening, but imagine they are all in this rock about to be sacrificed. And Tyler's like, no offense, like, I'm not really that close with you guys. (laughs) Like, they're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, guys, I'm so sorry, guys. And Tyler's in the corner, like, um... Can I get a hug? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then we go back over to the coffee shop and Damon says, okay, here's what I don't get. Elijah could walk in the sun, which means the originals have been able to find out ways to walk in the sun. So why does Klaus want to lift the sun and moon curse? And Slater says it's to stop the werewolves from lifting it. So we learn that if a vampire breaks the curse, the werewolves are still cursed and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So you can't break it for both of them. Yeah. So basically, if a werewolf broke the curse, they could turn whenever they wanted and then kill all the empires. If that was something they wanted to do. Yeah, if that was something they were looking for and if they were able to get enough werewolves together to do that. But here's a question, and I assume you won't be able to answer this either because they don't ever describe it or because it's a spoiler. Is the process to break the curse the same for the werewolves? Would they need all these same things? Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's all the same curse to be broken. It's just. I'm just curious because I, I mean, I guess we don't know anything about if werewolves have some sort of like first gen or governing body type thing. Their own originals. Their own originals. Because as far as we know, the vampires are the only ones hunting Elena at the moment. I, I, we don't know that for sure. Maybe this, but is- that's all we've seen. But we haven't seen any other werewolves besides Tyler. And I I don't think Tyler knows anything about this. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Tyler has no clue what's going on. Yeah. So the rush doesn't seem necessary, but yeah. (laughs) And Rose says like, well, werewolves are nearly extinct. And Slater is like, yeah, I've never seen one, but rumor has it some exist. And Damon's like, yeah, they exist. And Slater's like, wow, Mystic Falls sounds so cool. I totally want to visit. You will never will. Yeah, you should have done that. Instead of getting your fourth PhD, dumbass. Yeah. At the same (laughs) college, we can assume. Yeah. At least go to some different schools. Yeah. Who am I? (laughs) And Elijah is eavesdropping from outside as Damon's like, so can we just stop the curse from being broken at all? Like, what if the moonstone was useless? And Slater says, why don't you want the curse to be broken? And Damon's like, just tell me how. And Slater's like, I don't want to tell you something that would piss off an original. And Damon's like, look, well, if you help, like, I can get you a daylight ring. You can walk in the sun. And Slater's like, oh, word. (laughs) Yeah. And so as soon as Slater starts to show an interest in that, Elijah says, "Okay, time to shut this conversation down. So he takes the coins he's been playing with, gives them a little toss, and they break the entire window. And then it becomes abundantly clear. Every single person behind that window was indeed a vampire because everyone starts to burn up. And so Damon, like, peeks up because he's the only one who's got a daylight ring. He's not hurt. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great shot. Because everyone's screaming and then you just see Damon's head. And he can't see anything. Obviously, Elijah's not just going to be standing there. Yeah, Elijah booked it the second he threw the coins. I mean. Because he knows that they think he's dead. So Damon helps to get Rose out. Everyone else is fleeing. As Rose calms down, they're like, who did this? We don't know. But Rose knows it wasn't Slater because she knows she can trust him. And Rose says, like, obviously, it's Klaus. I'm dead. We're all dead. I'm scared. Yeah, but I was like, I told you guys to be scared of Klaus. It's like, actually, girl, that's not what happened. But I understand what you think. that. <laughs> so she cries and Damon gets in the car and we go back over to the grill where Bonnie is done playing pool because she's not good at it. So she's just sitting at a table, sipping a drink and watching flirtily as Jeremy plays pool. But then Luca comes up again. Yeah, because unfortunately, she's sitting at a table by herself. So she kind of looks like free game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And Luca says, hey, I'm really sorry about my dad. He's not super subtle. He picked up on you and he didn't mean anything by it. He was just digging around. And Bonnie's like, yeah, well, okay, I picked up on you too. So I'm also smart. Luca says, look, my dad doesn't like anyone to know about us. And, you know, he was slightly worried that you were going to like snitch on us. So he, you know, makes some salt lift to like show her like, yeah, I'm also a witch. uh, Just so you know. And she says, oh, you're a witch. And he says, well, actually, like, I call myself a warlock, but like, go off. I don't trust anyone who calls himself a warlock. The word sounds too evil. Okay. You don't trust Luca or Dr. Martin at this point? I don't. I mean, Dr. Martin gives us another reason to not trust him. It's pretty clear we shouldn't trust Dr. Martin. I'm not trusting Luca either. Just for safety. And I will, you know, mostly it's the beard that is making me say that. I know that's what it is, but it's. Also, the use of the term warlock. Yeah, I understand you're men and you cannot be called a witch because I don't know, maybe people think you're gay or something. Gender roles. It's all the patriarchy. But the word warlock is an evil. I I consider warlocks to be somewhat evil. Sure. That's a connotation I have. And Luca says he just wants to fit in and it's tough being different. And that's something he and Bonnie bond over. So then we go back over to the tomb. Where Elena's letting all this new information sink in. She's kind of freaking out. Catherine is kind of done talking. She's hiding, reading her book. And Stefan comes down and he's like, hey, I found you. And she's like, oh, Caroline told you. He's like, no, she didn't tell me. But like, like it, it wasn't like that complicated. <laughs> Elena's like, okay, well, I found out a lot of information today. And Stefan's like, "Yeah, she probably lied to you. And Elena says like, maybe she didn't. Yeah, Elena's like, maybe she did, but if some of this is true, then like, at least we know something. Like This is all the information we can get right now. Yeah. And Stefan says like, look, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And she says, that's the problem. You're not going to let anything happen to me, but you'll die trying. How is that better? Which is a good, good point. point. And Catherine emerges to kind of, I don't know, rub it in their face. She's like, look, Stefan, there's nothing you can do. I haven't even mentioned the best part. <laughs> well, and also literally like, what is Stefan going to do? Like he's not even strong enough to beat Catherine. Yeah. So why do you think you're going to beat the oldest vampires in existence when you're drinking like three drops of human blood a day? I mean, just like, it's just like a, a logic thing at this point. So we go back to 1492 to see what Catherine calls the best part of the story, obviously the worst part. Catherine is riding a horse. Obviously she fleed England after getting free from Klaus mm-hmm. and she went back to the only home she knew which was in Bulgaria. And she finds her entire family murdered and cries. And in the tomb present day, she tells us all that Klaus killed her entire family to get back at her for running. And that still wasn't enough to really get back at her because he's still chasing her. (laughs) Yeah. She says, even if you do manage to escape, even if you figure out a way to protect Elena, he will get vengeance on everyone you love. So basically she's saying like, even if you run away, no matter what you do, he'll kill your entire family. And if we know one thing about Elena, it's that she doesn't want anyone to die for her. Yeah, like she can't do the like only serving herself thing that Catherine is doing. Because even if she became a vampire and ran away, even if she only brought Stefan with her, even if she somehow even got like Caroline and Bonnie to come, like Jeremy, Jenna, Alaric by extension, like there's too many people that she would want to bring with her to protect. And you can't run if you got a whole, you know, team with you. Yeah. It's not productive for hiding. It's not going to work out. And Catherine says like to Stefan, even you must realize she's doomed. There's nothing you can do to stop it. But then she says, unless, of course, (laughs) you have the moonstone. And he says, okay, there it is. You run this whole thing so that we would have to get the moonstone. Didn't you? Which uh, to which I say, maybe you shouldn't have put it in the tomb. Maybe you should have kept it separate. Well, there's another thing. Elena, maybe don't give Catherine blood and hope she desiccates a little faster so you can get a nice long stick to get the moonstone and she can't fight for it. And Catherine says, look, there's no spin. This is the truth. Stefan calls her a manipulative psychotic bitch for attempting to trade the moonstone for her freedom. I don't think that's that manipulative. I think it's pretty straightforward, actually. You did put her in a tomb. I don't know why you thought she wouldn't try to negotiate her way out. Yeah, she says, I don't want my fucking freedom. She (laughs) says, when Klaus shows up to kill us all, and by the way, he will. This tomb is the only safe place in town because a vampire is not going to come in because they can't get out. I'll be the safest psychotic bitch in town. And she's got points. And so then she goes deeper into the tomb to prove that like Klaus isn't going to be able to get her from outside the tomb. And Stefan's like, okay, well now I kind of believe her. I do think there is potential. I mean, it's a similar plan to how they got Catherine into this tomb in the first place. To be like, okay, Klaus, like we're like, we're ready to negotiate. Like we don't want to cause any issues everybody's going in the tomb, just go in and we'll do it in the tomb. So it's out of the way. We got this rock, whatever. And then he can't come out. Although I don't really necessarily think this spell is strong enough to hold an original in a tomb. And I also think there's probably a specific place that you need to perform these sacrifices. But if, that, if neither of those things were true, that would be the move. Although I do think he would be smart enough to get around that, but you might as well try yeah, you would think that Klaus is not just going to go in any random tomb that's offered to him. Yeah, at that point, you know you have You're like, look, we have the Petrova doppelganger. We have a vampire who is the other Petrova doppelganger, but she's she's a vampire now. So- yeah, <laughs> and then Elena just gets out. <laughs> yeah. Do you think if Catherine were to successfully get Elena to Klaus, do you think Klaus would also sacrifice Catherine as the vampire, like two birds, one stone? I think whether he would sacrifice Catherine as a vampire or not, Uh, he would kill Catherine if she was available. Sure. Just to shit on her. Whether she counts as the sacrifice, I I don't know. I'm sure there are plenty of vampires he's trying to kill that could easily be the sacrifice. Do you think there's a way out of this for these people? I think honestly, the way out of it I see is that the werewolves just break the curse first some other way. Sure. Or if they make it like so impossible to break the curse. But if they make it impossible to break the curse, why would Klaus not kill them all for doing it? Yeah. Even destroying the Moonstone, even if that works, Klaus ain't going to be happy with that. Then he's like, who destroyed the Moonstone, you fuckers? Going to kill all your families. Yeah, now it's not a sacrifice. Now I'm just killing you. Yeah. So I think it would have to like, either the curse would have to be broken by some external force then he can go kill those people. Or if there's some reason that the curse like doesn't need to be broken or like a change in priorities for Klaus in some way. But regardless, like if even if the curse got broken somewhere else, Elena would still have to die. She's the only Petrova doppelganger we know of. Yeah, that's what I realized when I said that. It's like it would have to be a different type of curse for Elena to get out of it. Because at first I was like, well, maybe we just just use Catherine as the doppelganger, but obviously she doesn't work as a vampire. You know, it's like anything though. There's a curse and there's one way to break it. I'm sure there are workarounds. Yeah. What that workaround is for Elena, I am not sure. Because, you know, we know this bloodline has lasted to her. But I I think if there was another Nina Dobrev out there, someone would have found it out. Do you think two human doppelgangers can be alive at the same time? That's a good question. Because obviously we know that like, Elena and Katherine can be alive at the same time, but that's because Catherine's a vampire. That's an outsmart of the system. Do you think there's another doppelganger somewhere? Another Nina De Brev? So this is tricky because genetically I think it's possible. In terms of magic, I would think no. Yeah, you gotta get away from genetics. This isn't like a science show. In terms of magic, like I don't think magic would be allowing for like multiple loopholes at once. Was Isabel slutting it up? Or do we have other options? I I'm not asking if Isabel has other kids. I'm asking if we have another doppelganger. Yeah, but the more kids, the more likely a doppelganger. I think that the magic would not allow more than one doppelganger to be alive at one time as a human. That's, what, that's sure. my guess, because I think if the magic is working on this loophole system, like if you're making like seven loopholes, like then what's the point of the spell? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll see. Do you think we're going to see a sacrifice this season? I believe that we could. I, I mean, I don't think we're going to see Elena get sacrificed. I don't think we're going to see Caroline get sacrificed. Now, Tyler, <laughs> he's, he's up in the air to me. In order of abundance. Yeah. Of what they need. Plenty of vampires, plenty of witches, a handful of werewolves, one doppelganger. There is simply not the power and interest in protecting Tyler that there is in protecting Elena. There's just not. I would like Tyler to live, but I don't know why I think this, but I'm convinced he has at least somewhat of a role on Legacies. Okay. Which I think is about witches, and I know it takes place in New Orleans. Okay. I don't know what that means for me. But I think if someone is getting sacrificed this season of the people we know are available to be sacrificed, it would be Tyler. You think Catherine's going to get out of this alive? You think Catherine's going to make it to see season three? I was thinking absolutely not when I thought that she could maybe count as the doppelganger still. I still think like, even if they don't need the curse broken and this this can change because we only know about Klaus what we've heard secondhand. Yeah. But he sounds like he, he does hold grudges. And <laughs> good, good. I think that's a fair assumption. <laughs> giving Scorpio. And if he does hold grudges, then I think it would be very unlikely he would let Catherine off the hook. Of all the people, because like, I don't know, I could see some way the curse working out or something that like the Salvators and Elena can make. I mean, they're going to live through this, so maybe they'll get out of this somehow. But it's the same thing of like, you know, Rose was able to be like, look, I'm loyal, but someone still had to die for giving the originals the runaround for 400 years. Yeah. And Catherine has not made their life easy whether they know this or not, but she did give the werewolves the moonstone, which gave them the opportunity to break the curse. Though no, they didn't take advantage of it. Though so they didn't take advantage of it for whatever reason. They maybe didn't know enough, whatever. Or they didn't have a doppelganger, etc. cetera. I think if they find out that Catherine was just giving the moonstone away. Just, so at first she stole the moonstone, then she gave it away and faked her death. So they would stop chasing her for the moonstone. I mean, I, I think that they're going to be pissed at her. But I don't want Catherine to die personally. But I think it's going to be really hard for her to get out of this. She's gotten out of a lot, though. We'll see. So moving on, we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is looking at a fire and drinking as he does. Rose apologizes for the actions of the day. He trusts her. She wishes they could save Elena. Damon says, yeah, well, I'm going to save Elena, so... Jot that down. And Rose says, you know, you remind me of Trevor. And he says, why? Yeah, he's like, ew. (laughs) And she says, you know, he always talked to big game, but underneath it all, he was a really good friend, even though, you know, that is what killed him. And my loyalty to him almost killed me. And then they drink and cheers to friendship. They are pushing vibes on us in these two. And I was pushing right back. Yeah, not feeling a thing. (laughs) Not feeling one thing from this couple. Yeah. She says, you know, you're right to fight how you feel about her. To survive, you really shouldn't care about anyone. And he says, yeah, I'm well aware of that. Thanks. Yeah. He's like, why do you think I'm so pissed off all the time that I'm in love with her? (laughs) Yeah. And she says, you know, you always could turn off your humanity switch. And he says, oh, you know, I will if you will. Ha ha ha. It's a callback from earlier in the episode. Again, we're supposed to feel some sort of sexual tension here. They make out. I really don't care about this couple. There are just zero sparks flying. Yeah, not a, not a one. What's your over-under on this couple? I think it's over. I think this episode <laughs> was the end. I really do. Over is next episode. My under is the beginning of this episode. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, good for Damon to get a distraction, but also it's like, I mean, at least he got a kiss from someone. He needed it. He was in desperate need of a kiss. But, you know, kiss Caroline. Come on. Is that asking too much? I don't think so. (laughs) So then we go over to the grill. Jeremy is playing pool and looks back to see Bonnie to see if she's still making flirty eyes at him. And she's not. She's like fully focused on talking to Luca. So Jeremy's like, okay, and then leaves. To be fair, though, this was like meant to be a date and Jeremy's playing pool with someone else while Bonnie's sitting at a table. Get, Get dinner. Well, but also it's like he invited her to play pool and then she just stopped playing pool. It feels like either... He should have gone to sit and eaten with her or she should have just stayed by the pool table. Feels weird that they split up at all. I think both of them are not quite ready to admit that they want this to happen. Well, they're not quite sure how to handle it. Bonnie feels yeah. weird about it. Jamie can tell Bonnie feels weird about it. So he's trying not to push it too hard. And so the less of a date, it seems like the easier it is to swallow, but it became so little of a date that Bonnie was actually on a different date. Yeah, Luca <laughs> cannot read the vibes of these two, or maybe he can and he's just trying to hop in anyway. If he can't read these vibes, he can't be a very good witch. I mean, where is the intuition? I'm calling him a witch. (laughs) So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Stefan is bringing Elena home. And he's like, hey, I really want to talk to you about all this new information. She's like, I really don't want to talk about it. She's like, I just want to go in my room and cry, please. She's like, look, I wanted to know the truth. And now I know it's not just me in danger. It's Caroline and Tyler and Bonnie. And she's like, and the worst part about it is I can't blame anyone else because it's not because you came into town. It's not because the two of us fell in love. It's me. I'm the reason everyone is in danger. And it's sad because it is her. It's not her fault. But the thing is, is that she couldn't have stopped any of this. She was just born as a doppelganger. Yeah, and it's like, it's not her fault, but there's nothing she can do. Like, But before, I think she thought like, oh man, it was so stupid of me to get involved with vampires. But the thing is, she couldn't have avoided this. There's something comforting in... Like, there's nothing I could have done. Yeah. It seems like in this path, I mean, she clearly has to choose between either I die or my whole family dies. And so I think Elena's going to get to a point where she's going to be like, I'm going to bring myself to Klaus. Yeah. And I I think that's how we're going to eventually meet Klaus, that she's going to be like, no, I'm not letting everybody die for me. I'm going to bring myself to him. How she gets out of that, unclear. But I do think that's where we're headed is her kind of offering herself up as a sacrifice. And she's going to like make a deal that's like, hey, you can sacrifice me, but you can't sacrifice any of my friends. Yeah, like you have to find a different vampire, I guess a different werewolf. <laughs> she's like it would be mean to like fight for Bonnie and and not be involved and then let Tyler be in the room. And he's like, what the fuck, Elena? And she's like, I'm sorry, I can only save two. You only save two and I care about you less. I don't know you that well they should do is turn like she would never allow this turn Matt into a vampire so he can be sacrificed I know so then we go back over to the tomb really quick and we see Catherine reading the Petrova book and she finds a sketch of her family and she like smiles kind of sadly and cries a little bit it's some emotion we see from Catherine that we haven't in a while and so this is a question I have about this yeah I mean it's clear in this moment this isn't the case Has Catherine had her humanity on at all? Do we know that about her? We don't know for sure anything. Because it seems like, I mean, if it was off, she definitely turned it on to look at her family pictures. Yeah. You might as well turn your humanity on while you're in a tomb so you can kind of deal with all your shit. Yeah, it's like free therapy. Yeah, we don't really know the status of her humanity. We can assume either her humanity is mostly off or she's just a bitch and her humanity's on. I've been believing she's just a bitch, which I think is fine. I mean, she, yeah, it's keeping her alive. No, no shade to her. It's working. I was just curious because that was yeah. one of the few times of emotion that we've seen. Yeah. Here's my question for you. Obviously, Klaus killed her whole family. And she obviously thought like she'd been banished. She had a new identity in England. I don't think in, in my opinion, I don't think she thought that Klaus knew she, where she came from. Yeah. Do you think if she knew that Klaus knew where she came from and that he would kill her family, do you think she would have made the same decision? Because in this world, she knew she was sacrificing Rose and Trevor to save herself, but she did not know she was sacrificing her family. Do you think if she knew that, she would have made a different decision? No, because I think she was already disowned. I think she would have been like, well, you know, they already disowned me. Like, I just have to cut ties. I think the reason this hit her so hard when she came back was because she was like, My whole life has been upended. I need something familiar to come home to. And so it hurt that her whole family was killed. She very clearly has a soft spot for her mother, but not so much her father because her father is the one who took the baby. Yeah, and we did even see that in the pictures that she spent some time looking at her father, but was definitely more emotional looking at her mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think she has a difficult relationship with her family. I think if she knew that she was disowned and was never going to see them again, and it came down to it, I think she would have been like, would have made that choice and just stayed gone. Well, so I, I do think they're not going to show super decomposed bodies on the CW. But her family had been killed relatively soon before she got there, which also makes sense because why would Klaus kill her family before she's become a vampire? Yeah. I think it's it's not a coincidence that he was already gone when she got there. I think that was a fear tactic. He could have been there and killed her right then and there and just been there when she got home. I think he chose to kill her whole family, leave it as a warning, like you better fucking run, bitch, and I'll get you. That's something I'm, I'm reading from it. Okay. I think that was a choice. Sure. I think that makes sense. It's giving sadist. Yeah. So then we go over to the Salvatore house where Rose and Damon are talking post-coitally. <sighs> it says you know that like humanity switch is a lie like as a newbie you can but after a couple hundred years you just have to pretend i want to say right now ignore that um (laughs) i think probably what happened was julie pluck was like oh that's kind of an interesting wrinkle is that like you can't really turn it off after a certain point but obviously it's more fun on the tv show to play with the fact that the switch does exist so this is an easter egg that we should not think of as one we found. I'm choosing to believe that Rose is just really bad at turning her humanity off. <laughs> she just doesn't know where the switch is. Well, I think she probably was like, oh, I'll turn my humanity off. But she always had to be linked to Trevor. So she probably yeah. thought she was turning it off. But I, what was like, oh, no, I'm still emotional. But she was like, she wasn't actually turning it off because she knew she had to stay loyal yeah. to Trevor. Either way, all we need to know is like the switch does exist, whether Rose is lying or whether this was just a thing. Julie Plec changed her mind on the switch exists. So then Slater gives Rose a phone call and he says, hey, sorry, I took off. I'm okay. I did some digging. And as it turns out, you can just destroy the curse totally. But you need the moonstone. Can your friend get the moonstone? And Rose should be suspicious of how this conversation is like no catching up, just straight to business, because that doesn't seem like Slater's gig. And also to be like, oh, yeah, it's just the moonstone. Really? But anyway, so Damon says he can get the Moonstone and Slater says, oh, yeah, if you have the Moonstone, like a witch can figure out the rest. And then he hangs up. Then we see someone says, nicely done. And Slater says he has a theater degree. Of course, he does. And of course, it's Elijah. Slater asks Elijah how he could compel him because Slater's a vampire and Elijah's a vampire. And Elijah says, well, I'm a special vampire. So we know now that an original can compel other vampires. Which is dangerous, which also brings into, you know, a little bit of focus why Catherine's been drinking Vervain. That makes sense. I was wondering about if the Vervain would work on compulsion vampire to vampire. But I guess it, you it must. It's just like you wouldn't know that because why would a vampire wear like a Vervain necklace? We've seen that like because it would people. burn their skin. Exactly. But Catherine's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that brings that into focus. So that's another original power that we learn about. So that's now two that it takes more than a wooden stake to kill them and they can compel other vampires. No wonder they're so fucking old. (laughs) (laughs) So then Elijah compels Slater once more to stake himself and Slater says, oh no, but then I'll die. And Elijah's like, that's the point. That's why I'm having you do it. Elijah says, I know now go for it. Slater kills himself. Ouchie. Elijah says it had to be done. And, Then Dr. Merton comes out and says, did it? And so this Dr. Merton wrinkle is interesting for a number of reasons. One, it means that Bonnie doesn't need to be involved in these sacrifices at all. Because Elijah's got a witch. But I think what's also interesting about this is that Elijah said, you know, you just need the moonstone and then a witch can figure out the rest. Now, clearly... Bonnie does not have the information to figure out the rest. So I think it's very interesting that right at this time, Bonnie becomes aware of two much more experienced witches, warlocks, in her midst. So if they're like, hey, look, we got the moonstone and all we need is a moonstone and a witch. And Bonnie's like, well, I don't know what to do, but let me go ask Luca, whose dad is a more experienced witch. I mean, it's pretty clear where that path is going. I mean, and then Dr. Martin's like, yeah, I just have to do this spell with the moonstone come with me Elena you have to be there We don't have to die we have to be there so yeah just some thoughts then Elijah says won't be long now and that's the end of the episode so here's my question what won't be long now them getting the moonstone back is what I'm guessing because you know even if they have the doppelganger like they don't need Elena quite yet for the curse like they, they need to know where she is so that when it comes to the time they can grab her But what they really need that they have no access to at the moment is the Moonstone. So they need someone to get the Moonstone for them. And it's convenient if they don't have to do it because Catherine's not giving the originals the Moonstone. And also it helps Elijah right now for as many people as possible to think that they actually killed him. Oh yeah, because then they think that, you know, the Elena information is gone. They don't know where she is. And it's useful to very much control the information that is being provided. So then you know what plans they could possibly come up with. Like, they're not gonna plan for Elijah being alive in any part of this. They're not gonna plan for the originals coming to town in any part of this. Cause they're like, well, at least Elijah died. And like, yeah, they saw us in Richmond but we're probably good for a little bit. They get a sense of security from that that makes it a lot easier to win for the originals. Mm-hmm. Even though the originals have the debt kind of stacked for them already, but yeah, can't hurt. I'm gonna tell you something and I don't want you to read into it, but do you wanna know what the title of the next episode is? Let me think, let me guess. Moonstone? No, it's called The Sacrifice. (laughs) If you just said, do you think we're gonna see a sacrifice? And I said, maybe this season and is a sacrifice next week. Well, I'm not saying there is a sacrifice next week. I'm saying that's the title of the episode, but that's next week. As we can see, season two is ramping up pretty fast. The stakes keep getting higher. Yeah, how are they going to get out of this one? And that's what I'm wondering. What the hell are we going to do now? That's the question of the season. But that's the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are loving The Vampire Diaries or loving Doppelgangers, please recommend both to your friends. And if you really want to show your support, leave five stars and some kind words on Apple Podcasts. And follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.